Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are a wild divisional round in the NFL playoffs. Four teams remain who will punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. A Saints legend is calling it quits. Halfway through the NHL season, who is lighting up the ice and who is not? Big Poppy into the Hall of Fame. Another week, another five college basketball games of the week. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here tonight. Delaware, Ohio, a little chilly out there tonight, but uh, hey, it's warm in Matt's basement, so that's all that matters. Um, Going to start out tonight, something we neglected last week. Uh, we forgot to announce the winner of our uh, Fired Up Bowl Mania Challenge that we did. Actually, I was the overall winner. Thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to obviously take the prize. No, our uh, our listener that was the big winner was Caleb Watkins. He wins a $25 gift card from the Fired Up crew. So congratulations to Caleb. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> All right. Let's get into some professional football. Uh, I can't remember ever watching four games in the playoffs that were as close as these four games. Be, just, being on the edge of your seat the, oh, whole, the whole time. Just amazing. Let, let's start off with the Bengals-Titans game. Uh, you know, the Titans came in after the week off, number one seed, um, you know, and the Bengals knocked them off. But, uh, you know, it just I think to me the big story was, you know, I thought with Derrick Henry coming back, to me I thought that would have – we talked about it last week, that would give the Titans the edge and – you know, he really wound up being a non-factor, you know, and it's, and I think the big, you know, they held him to 66 yards and the big play was stopping him at fourth and one with, you know, halfway through the fourth period there, they stopped him and, you know, turned the ball over on down. So give your guys' thoughts on this game. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, obviously they, they kind of keyed in on, on Derrick Henry coming back. They knew that he was going to be kind of a big part of that game plan of, you know, obviously that's been, Prior to him getting hurt, that was kind of Tennessee's whole offensive game or, you know, a big part of it. And then, you know, they, they kind of found their way when he went down and, you know, they looked looked decent. But, you know, have him coming back, obviously, they wanted to go back to what they were, you know, most comfortable with. And, you know, the Bengals just did a real nice job of, of bottling him up and just not letting him him break free. And honestly, the, the backup running back for Tennessee was was kind of the big, you know, story for, for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He broke yeah. off, you know, several big runs and, you know, kind of looked like, Derrick Henry esque in, in you know some of the runs that that he had, but uh, you know it makes you wonder. They just get used to playing without him, and, right. and maybe they would have been better off had he. And maybe yeah, still not one hundred percent. Right? Too, yeah, right? you don't you don't know what the status is, right. or you know what what he you know was dealing with. You know if it, if that injury was yeah, like Dad said, one hundred percent you know healthy. But you know I think at the same time because they were able to somewhat limit that running game, they they put the game in, in Ryan Tannehill's you know hands and. He faltered. I mean, he, three, he three picks. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. first play of the game. You know, clocks were still at 15 minutes in the first quarter, and you know, very first play was a was a pick. So first you know, play he, and last play for them. Right, right. So yeah. it's uh, you know ended. You know, started with it in Tannehill's hands and ended in Tannehill's hands, and the Bengals took advantage of it. You know, getting quite a few points off of those turnovers. So uh, Matt, what you what you think? Yeah, I mean, really though, shout out to both of these defenses. I mean, Cincinnati had been scoring scoring points kind of at will these last mm-hmm. few weeks as well. And they, they, they held him to 19 points. You, right. you think any other day that'd be enough to win. But right. Right. Since he's D, you know, getting those three interceptions, holding on Tennessee to 16 hats off to them, getting the job done yeah. when they needed to. Uh, and right. uh, you know, another big story for me was, you know, 
the Bengals rookie field goal kicker, mm -hmm. Evan McPherson, um, four field goals, averaged 45 yards mm -hmm. and, you know, and the game winner was 52. I mean, that's no chip shot. Right. So, you know, I mean, what, what, what a pickup that was when you say that, you know, and a rookie at that, and I mean, a rookie in a, in a, that. In a yeah. situation. I mean, yeah. he's not only in, in the postseason here, but he's done it, you know, several times in the regular right. season too. He's, he's been a very good, you know, kicker, a great pickup for them in the, in the draft. So yeah, I'll tell you this week really showed the importance of the kicker. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. Cause you remember back, what was it? Five, seven years ago where they're the idiot kickers and right, you know, right, they, right. Get respect like, they can't make anything or they lost a yeah. ton of games. And, you and, know, and now these games were nothing without well, these kickers. Right, we'll right. talk about special teams here coming up in the next, you know, our next matchup, but you know, hats off to, to the, Joe Burrow. I mean, uh -huh. what what a competitor. He's right. just a winner. Yeah. 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 Just Sacked nine times, you know. Get got back up, up every yeah. time. And, and you know, he he had some aching bones. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was this sit, week. sitting in the tub and, yeah, and trying sure. to get himself ready to go for, for yeah. the upcoming yeah, game. Yeah, but, you know, never, never, you know, blamed his team. Never, you know, a crossword or a yeah, sour Never, never really saw, you know, body, emo, you know, yeah. emotions. Yeah, never so. showed his frustration right. and – uh you know, but yeah, what a game. So, I mean, it always helps, I guess, when you win, when, when you win, you can kind of sure. put those emotions right. aside. Doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt near as bad. Right, right. You know, and, and we talked about this last week too. I don't know if that, if that bye week helps a team, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, going into the playoffs. Yeah, if, like I said, well. if I'm hot, if I'm playing well, my team's playing well, I want to keep playing. I don't right. want that week off. Right, so. right. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is the curse of the number one seed for for the Titans. They have now, you know, three times they've been the number one seed in in the AFC in the playoffs, and every single time they've lost, yeah. <laughs> and usually in the in the first round. So, uh, just yeah, the curse, you know, curse of them not being able to, you know, get over the hump, even though having the home field, you know, home field advantage, you would think, you know, maybe they get get one win, but you know, they they have struggled even. When playing at home, so yeah, I think to get over that hump for Tennessee, they're going to have to go out and look for a new quarterback. Not that Tannehill's a bad quarterback; he's a great game manager. Mm -hmm. Reminds me kind of the quarterback that won, uh, won with the Ravens there a while back. Mm -hmm. I think it was one of the Hasselbacks. Joe, Joe, yeah, or, yeah, Joe, Joe Flacco, Flacco, or, yeah, as well. I mean, good game manager, but just not that elite quarterback mm -hmm. that's going to get the well, job. And he didn't do his that. job this week as game yeah. manager by throwing three picks. Right, so. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. And the other number one seed coming into the weekend that took a week off last week was Green Bay. Um, they played the 49ers. What a low-scoring affair this was. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, again, it was put on, the, put on the shoulders of the field goal kicker to win it as time expired. Um you know, I, I don't know. The, the 49ers scored 10 unanswered in the final five minutes of the game after only scoring three points for, you know, the first 50 minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, looking um, pretty much obsolete, you know, right not even, you know. Even Matt, in, why don't you start us off with your take on this one? Yeah, I mean, this was another one of those great defensive battles. Neither of these offenses could really get anything going, but – uh, again, the story was special teams, but this time not in a good way. Mm, mm. Uh, Green Bay got got their uh, punt blocked for a touchdown. That was was the Huge. only touchdown for San Francisco right. this entire game. I, I bet you can count on one hand the amount of times a team have won a playoff game and not had an offensive touchdown. Yeah, right? I, yeah, I don't ever remember. That's, that's yeah, crazy. the blocked punt for a TD. They had a blocked field goal, and they also gave up a forty-five yard kick return to set up 
you know, the 49ers on that final drive to yeah. get them in field goal and range. I saw, I saw something where somebody was claiming, I, I haven't gone back to look at it, but they were claiming that on that game-winning field goal that the Packers only had 10 guys on the field. Yeah. So yeah. You, you get one less person. Well, that and didn't the coach may, make a comment that I hope our special teams don't screw, doesn't screw this up? Right, and I think I think that was a you know kind of a comment because, you know, looking back on it, special teams, if you can say that there's been one weakness with the Packers, it's been the special teams unit all year. And I guess and to me, that's that's a, you know that, that, that as that, a coach, right. yeah, fix it. Come on, right. fix it. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're paid to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, something know. that just comes down to the fundamentals when Absolutely. it comes down yes. to but, you know, special, special teams. teams definitely. 100%. So it's yeah. just it's it's heartbreaking that that's you know something that's going to prevent you. You know, obviously the Packers had aspirations to not only win this game, but you know they had their eyes set on oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's just you know unfortunate that that's what it comes down to. And you had the opportunity to fix it, but you yeah. know, here we are. And now Rod's going to be the hurrah. Oh, and right. four against San Francisco in the playoffs. Oh, right, you know, right. You know, and there's not too many people that can say that against you know Aaron Rodgers, obviously a Hall of Fame, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. So right, um, you know, but and, and, and I know we didn't we didn't uh, put this in our notes to prepare, but real quick, give me your guys' thoughts. Where's Rod? What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? I think he's gone. Yeah. I mean, I don't I think, think he's playing. I don't wrong. think anywhere. Does, I don't think he's going. I think he's he's retiring. Oh, you think he's, he's going to retire? I, I, I think he'll think end so. up somewhere else. I, I think he's going to. If he doesn't retire, obviously he's not. I don't think he's coming. I don't back think to he's the a Packer, Packer next yeah. year. But, but I'm with I don't, Matt. I'm with Matt. I think he's somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I don't, th- I don't think he's he like he's done. All right, very good. Now the third game, the L.A. Rams and the Buccaneers, another good one. 20, you know, 30 to 27. The Tampa Bay, you know, spotted them 24 points before they started playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy. It, I mean, they looked awful. The oh, Buccaneers yeah. looked awful. Dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, you know, and they looked, they looked, they just looked terrible. Um, but, you know, to me, this came down to the play of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers safeties. Mm-hmm. You guys have been around football. I know a lot of listeners have played football, been in football, heard football coaches. What's your job as a safety? Nobody gets behind you. How many times? Mm -hmm. And Cooper Cup does not have blazing speed. Mm -hmm. He's a tremendous receiver. He was my vote for league MVP. Mm -hmm. But he does not have – he runs good routes. Mm -hmm. And he's a sure-handed catch. But two or three times – I, I just don't understand it. That yeah. was, well, the crazy but, thing is those same safeties were the ones who were the stars of last year's Super Bowl. Yeah, right? I, I, I don't it's, get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, I, obviously we can make a bunch of excuses and say, you know, whatever hindsight's 2020, but you know, from what I was kind of reading, you know, it sounds like there was a mix up or, you know, some kind of gaff that, they called the wrong called play or, blitz, yeah, or but some, the safeties didn't hear what the call yeah, was. Right. Somebody Why else would you blitz? even blitz? Yeah, so I don't, I didn't me, even I don't. understand the blitz but call. Yeah, Whether prevent. the safeties knew what was going on or not, right. all you got to do is get a stop mm-hmm. and you go to overtime. Right, right. Yeah. I, I didn't, under, I didn't and, like, and especially go to overtime knowing you have the momentum on your, right, you know, right. in your hands. And so. to me, that, again, it goes back to coaching. Yeah. It was the wrong defensive call mm-hmm. and, it, and you didn't have your, you know, you didn't call your safeties over it. Hey, remember, nobody gets behind yeah, you. I don't care. I, I don't care what you do. Just yeah, nobody no, gets behind right. you. And, so, you know, unfortunately, know. it cost the Buccaneers a chance to, you know, repeat right. as, as Super that, Bowl you know, champs. another tremendous comeback. Right. Yeah. 27 to 3. Almost, almost like their 28 to 3 Super Bowl, yeah. you know, comeback. Right, right. And, and, you know, nobody, once again, you know, we talked about it last week. 
until that clock strikes, you know, triple zeros, Tom Brady is always going to find a way. He's always going to be hats off. And the Rams, the Rams, the Rams almost put it. Real quick, is Brady done? I think so. I think so. I think he is too. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, after some of the recent comments that he's made about, you know, taking some time away from the game and and really evaluating it and, and, you know, speaking a little bit about his his family and and things like that. His wife can't. Hand hates to see him get hit. Right, right. I, I just think, yeah, it's it's you know, what more does he have to prove? I, mean, I know the, the guy, and I, and I would, I would, I would have tended to agree with you if this if game, if this game would have ended up twenty-seven yeah. to three. I would right. say Tom Brady's done, but the way they came back, knowing mm-hmm. he still has that mm-hmm. competitive fire to bring that team back, I'm going to have to say, I don't think Tom Brady feels like he can end his career, like. I just don't think he wants to go out that way because I think he feels like that's a game we should have won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mate. I mean, I don't just dis- don't but disagree. I, I don't know that he feels like it was his fault either. No, right. I, I, I know, know, but it's I, just I, he's yeah, the I don't kind know. of guy I think that just you know he can't doesn't like to leave unfinished business. Mm-hmm. And it leaves a sour taste for sure in right. his in his mouth. And you know the competitor in him, obviously, you know you've heard the comments of him saying he wants to play until he's fifty. Uh, I mean. So I yeah I mean and, every, and everybody laughs right right but you know he's he's creeping there and yeah, and, and yeah. you know still looks good for you know forty five or forty six or however old he is at this point right. I mean um, he still looks like he's eighteen so it's right. it's obviously he doesn't quite recover like he used to right. but you know he still slings the pigskin around like he you know it's his first year in the league so all right well the last game and if you miss this game. Shame it on may you. be it may be the best game that But you could have caught it in the last thirteen seconds. You would have right. seen maybe well, the, the most exciting. Two, we'll say the last <laughs> two minutes. Yeah, yeah, about the last two minutes. We'll yeah. say the last yeah. two minutes. But you know, when I say good game, I'm gonna say exciting game because to me that was the defense has played terrible. Uh, what yeah. happened to them? These were two of the top defenses I, I don't in the know. NFL. Yeah, I don't Absolutely. Know. Yeah, the, 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 and, I think it's just a matter of they got gassed. I mean, yeah. running up and down. I mean, chasing both of these teams around right. as much and as again, they were. The safety play on both sides was awful. Right, it was right. Awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And to me, it goes back to fundamentals that you were taught. Well, I mean, Pee Wee League and Pee Wee League yeah. safeties. Nobody gets behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got one job, man. One job. One job. You yeah. had one job. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess it was interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen a game where the uh, quarterbacks were also the leading rusher on both sides. You know, from both teams. There, I thought that was a kind of an odd little stat there, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, like we said, it was, you know, crazy. The Bills scored a TD with a minute 54 seconds left to take the lead 29-26. And you weren't, you weren't thinking anything there because you know how fast yeah, the Chiefs right. can score. Yeah, yeah. You're and like, then, okay, they, they probably still got a chance. Kansas City scored. It only took 52 seconds, right. so there's still a minute two to go. Now it's now you're thinking maybe, I mean, the Bills, two. maybe oh, maybe the Bills, you know, they, they can score fast, but maybe not that fast. Right. And, and you're So thinking, then they turn around. They score in 13 36 to 33 and lay 13 seconds on the clock. And you're like, thinking, I mean, there's a chance. I mean, obviously we know the big plays. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. plays that, that, that Kansas City had. but And, and the safeties let the receiver get <laughs> behind them. Yeah. yeah, here we are. <clears throat> kick the field goal. Um, and why didn't they just squib kick it and take some time off? there yeah i don't kick it out of the end zone and you give it to him at the 25 right right right. 13 seconds right yeah i don't know it it was crazy i don't know and then you know there's thought wow it's because of the you know the overtime way the nfl does their over and i don't like the way the nfl i've made no bones about that on this program i hate the way nfl does their does their overtime i wish they'd go to the, the way college 
team. I don't even think they need to go to college. I think they just need to play play out a full quarter. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, or, or maybe even a, a you know, maybe not a full quarter, but maybe a you know half a quarter or something. Right. You know, at least some significant time where on both there. Teams get a yeah, shot. yeah, where both teams are going to at least have. A I, I love the way college does it. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I just I just think in the NFL, starting at the twenty five is almost a little yeah a little too easy for right. an NFL right. team. Right. It's a little, a little bit yeah, different in okay. my mind, but all right. The um, but yeah, I think I mean it, my heart just breaks, you know, for for Josh Allen. Oh. I mean, I, you know, we Boy, talked about it for the game of his life. The the only mistake he made was not making the right coin toss. Right. I mean, he, he never <laughs> never got you know never got a chance to even you know come on the field in overtime to yeah. play, and uh, you know a, a little bit of stat you know around the overtime stuff. Um, teams that that get you know that win the coin toss. Are now ten and one in the playoffs since wow. since this you know the, since the overtime rules have changed and that mm-hmm. was back in two thousand ten was when they mm-hmm. made those rule changes and, and um, I believe seven of those yeah. were won on the first possession yes, yes. and, and I was yeah, just just about to say that yes yeah, seven seven of those wins seven of those ten wins have been won on the very first possession which yeah. is the team that basically so the wins the coin toss shot. so the yeah, other hopefully the rules committee will take a look <clears throat> at that in the off season maybe you know maybe we'll get some changes right, know. right who knows but you know it, yeah just unfortunate for the bills because you know and, and just unfortunate maybe for NFL fans because right. you know this game you know shapes up to be probably one of the best games you know so far of the playoffs but <laughs> Might it, be it's the only... best game of this like generation right I mean, yeah that was and we had to see it, you know, in the divisional round. We didn't get to see it even in the AFC championship or, right. you know, it's, you know, they, obviously they can't play each other in the Super Bowl, yeah. but, you know, it's just unfortunate that we had to see one of those teams, the eliminated. two probably best yeah. teams eliminated because yeah. of, you know, because of the way it works. Yeah, so. I found myself just rooting root for both teams. Right, I couldn't, right, I couldn't, right. Like, who do I want to win this thing? Yeah. They both put so much out there. Right. Put on, definitely put on a show. All right, well, let's move on to the the, the current matchup. The current matchup this weekend. weekend. You know, hopefully, we'll get lucky again. Yeah, this another exciting time. So you got you got the Bengals going into Kansas City. Um, I was kind of I was a little surprised at the spread. They got uh, Vegas has got Kansas City by seven. Mm-hmm. Um, this game's at three o'clock on Sunday. Um, you know that the teams are dealing with some injuries. Uh, to me, Kansas City's got some serious injuries on defense. And I don't know, you know, it could be some gamemanship going on. I don't know. But they got two quarter, cornerbacks, um, Fenton and Lamont's out. And, you know, uh, safety Tyrone Matthews dinged up. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens there. Um, and I think that was a big part in that Bills game when he went out. I mean, that that kind of crushed their defense right. a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, he's yeah. definitely a staple that's, that's, you know, a star on that defense, kind of a – a level header. You what's know. The, what's the key to this matchup for these teams to win, Matt? What do you think? You know, I I think uh, I think defense is going to play a lot in this, but I I think it's going to come down to the quarterback play. And I, I think the, a big stat that stands out to me because I, I compared the stats of both these teams. Kansas City leads in most stats, but they're close. Mm-hmm. The biggest differential here I saw was Kansas City on third downs. Mm-hmm. They're fifty two point two percent on mm-hmm. third down conversions. Yeah, that's huge. I, I mean, that's keeping drives alive. Oh, that, that keeping that defense gives you a on the field, wearing the defense, wearing defense out. out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just looking at that stat alone, I think is going to be enough for Kansas City to keep drives alive. May, you know, it may end up in field goals instead of touchdowns, but right, but they're going to control the clock. And yeah. I think well, it'll be just, they, it'll they be talk enough. about not only the physical toll it takes on a defense, mental but it, toll. A, yeah, just kind of breaks a defense's spirit a little mm-hmm. bit when they, you, you know, get, get a team field. in third, third and distance, and you know, and they're still getting first down. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just the mental aspect of that as well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'd like to like to agree with you, Matt, and say you know the defense is going to be, you know, defenses are going to be the impact and the X factor in this one, but. 
you know, because I would say, you know, Tennessee, they sacked Burrow nine times and, and still, still lost, lost the game. So, I mean, what, 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 can, what you more do? can you do? So I think for me, it has to be, can Cincinnati's offense put up enough offense to, to keep, keep up, up with, with Kansas city. And, right. you know, in that first matchup, yes, they did. They, they found a way, but it, it's one thing to do it one time, but right. you, you yeah. got to do it consistently. Now, now you got film. Yeah. You now, give, now yeah. Give expect. a coach a chance. To prepare and, 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 you know, there's no hotter team when it comes to offense right now than the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they're averaging almost 40 points a game over their last six or seven games. So that's a lot to, yeah, for, for an offense that, that has kind of found their own here in the playoffs for the last couple of weeks of the season. But just to keep doing it consistently, it, it, it's a tough task. Well, and we see, we've seen how quick Kansas City can score. I mean, good right. grief. But yeah. one thing I think that might help the Bengals keep this closer is their running attack. I give the edge to the Bengals with Joe Mixon. Mm -hmm. um, I think if they can get him going – keep Mahomes off the field, you know, limit, maybe limit them a, a possession, one possession, a half by having an extended drive. I think that could help. Um, and I think the key for the Bengals on defense, you know, Mahomes is going to get his, you're not going to shut him down completely, but to me, he's more dangerous, not only running, to, but when he gets outside the pocket, mm -hmm. just, and improvising, just improvising because yeah. he can throw at all the different arm angles that mm -hmm. they talk about from, I think, you know, coming from playing shortstop in the baseball, you know, mm -hmm. and it just when he gets outside the pocket that, you know, the defense is breaking down, trying to cover guys for an extended period of time. I think, you know, his receivers are real good at like seeing when he scrambles and coming back to him, finding those little making adjustments, those little open pockets right. in the zone. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I think that's going to be so if you keep him in the pocket, making throw from the pocket, mm -hmm. uh, I think he's a little bit less effective, but. The Bengals are definitely going to have their hands full with Kansas City. Like Colton said, the, the the way their offense is rolling right now, holy cow. Right, right. But we'll see. I mean, that's why we play the game. I mean, uh, we, yep. we were 0 for 4 last week. So <laughs> yeah, this panel I don't know totally if, blew it. I don't know if you but, put it in. you know, every game was three points. <laughs> right, so right. So, we were right there. Right, <laughs> right. So, uh, but yeah. So then moving over then to the, the NFC. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we got another, you know, this is going to be a good one, I think. You know, oh, two. Yeah two division rivals going at it here for a spot in the Super Bowl and two teams that are, I think, desperately wanting to get that spot in the, in the Super Bowl. And, you know, the 49ers kind of have a, a bad taste in their mouth from, from losing the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, uh, thinking that they, you know, they, they were winning that game and, you know, let the Chiefs come back in that one. And then, right, you know, right. the Rams are the same way when they, you know, let, you know, kind of Tom Brady in a, in a low scoring affair, you know, let him get another another Super Bowl in a game that they thought, you know, they had the advantage to win that one. So two teams that desperately want to get back to the Super Bowl going at it here, you know, for a chance to do that. Um, you know, what, what do you guys what do you guys think about that matchup? Yeah, you know, I think this game is going to come down to quarterback play because statistically these teams on paper are pretty darn close. Oh, their stats are so, almost identical. So, I, I mean, I, I think it comes down to who would you rather have a quarterback? Would you rather have Stafford or Jimmy G? Mm -hmm. In my mind, I've taken Stafford every day of the week. Right. I, I think he does more to get the job done here. And, and he, he's I, shown I he deserves to be thing. in this playoffs. I mean, yeah. we, we talked about it coming into the playoffs. You know, he had been kind of shaky the last several weeks of the season, just throwing a lot of picks and just forcing a lot of throws, but mm -hmm. has been, you know, almost perfect here in the in the playoffs and, so and far. I mean, there's a reason the 49ers thought they needed Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. so it, it's not because Jimmy G's a bad quarterback, but kind of like Ryan Tannehill, sometimes that mistake just he, he, pops up yeah. where, where it shouldn't. Where it could cost you a game. Yeah, these teams have already played each other twice this season mm -hmm. and the 49ers won both games mm -hmm. um, blue absolutely destroyed the Rams early on 31 to 10 and then 
beat them again by three points in overtime. Um, the last the, week of the year. Last week of the season. So, so, to get in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah so, so, you know, the, obviously the 49ers know how to beat the Rams. Right. They, they have a formula, but it, I think the Rams are kind of hitting their stride here a little bit. You know, and two two of the, you know, younger coaches in the league right now, brilliant minds, I think. Kyle Shanahan at 42 years old, Sean McVay, only 36-year-olds, Miami Redhawk a lot. Yes, sir. Shout, shout out. Uh, love and honor, love baby. Love and honor, <clears throat> yep. Um, so I think what you'll see that could turn the tide in this game, I think you're going to see some form of trickery out of Kyle Shanahan. Okay. You know, whether it's Debo throwing a pass or – and I think – I think the 49ers need to do they're they're going to have to do something right. like that oh, yeah, to keep pace with that to keep pace with that Rams offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's what I you know, you may see a trick play that, you know, turns the tide, but uh, I still if if I'm, you know, 9 out of 10 times I'm going to take the Rams in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, I have to agree agree with Matt. I think this one's coming down to Q, QB play and I, I trust it you know, putting my, you know, putting the ball in, in, in Matthew Stafford's hands, you know, based on what I've seen over the last couple of weeks here in the playoffs right. um, and just, you know, some of the history of, of Jimmy G. I mean, yeah, he, he hasn't, he hasn't thrown those picks, you know, in this playoffs to really make a significant impact, but it, but it's there. Right. It, it's I mean, coming. He, he threw the one against Dallas that really put him back in the game late. I right. mean, I, I know the 49ers got it done, but that game shouldn't have been that close. Right, right. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and even last yeah. week, he made some mistakes that really kept that game close. Yeah, and I mean, he, he's yeah. thrown, you know, through 14 picks in 17, you know, 17 weeks in the regular season. So, I mean, he's, he's prone to it. Oh, yeah. it and, yeah. and I think if you look at that Green Bay game, you know, he threw one pick in the red zone, which, you know, cost them points, obviously, and obviously didn't make a super big impact because, you know, they still won the game. But there were several other throws that he threw that should have been picks. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Green Bay didn't take advantage. Right. I think this Rams defense is a different animal. Oh, they yeah. get those opportunities. They're they're pouncing Cash on them. So I, I, I think I Jimmy G is going to if, if the 49ers want to have a chance, he's going to have to be very, very conservative with that ball and, and really be on top of his game. Yeah. Yep, agreed. All right, one more little quick NFL note before we break for commercial uh, was announced. Uh, Sean Payton's retiring. That you know, Saints great uh, coach there has a overall record there, one sixty one and ninety seven, and won the Super Bowl in two thousand seventeen. Um, he's only fifty eight years old. I was I was a little surprised at this, but you talk to insiders, they said he's never really been the same coach since he came back from that suspension, mm. that bounty gate suspension. So mm-hmm. uh, give me your guys' thoughts on this, on the quick or the late release of uh, Sean Payton. Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously comes as a little bit of a shock this late in the season and, and just, you know, a little bit, you know, unannounced, you know, no, nothing was out really in the media about this, you know, or whatever. No, I mean, cause he still, still has three years left on his deal with the saints. So you just, you know, didn't really think about it too much, but you know, from just, you know, kind of reading some news and stuff, it just sounds like with the whole bounty gate stuff. And then this season alone, I think has just taken a toll emotionally, mentally, you know, physically on, on him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, they've dealt with, uh, you know, they, they had Drew Brees, you know, first year without Drew Brees, you know, and, and that was, you know, that relationship, I don't think you, you know, it's not easy to to, to kind of replace that in, right. in one season. Um, and then there were several just injuries on both sides of the ball that, that they dealt with. And obviously these are other things that other teams are dealing with, but it just seemed like it really hit hard Took a toll to, on, on the Saints. Yeah. And, um, you know, they had a bunch of, you know, just salary cap issues. They, you know, obviously dealing with the COVID stuff still. And, you know, even the first year, you know, first month of the season, they had to evacuate 
because of a hurricane from their home stadium to go play in Dallas for the first month. So just being, you know, away from the, your, your, you know, your environment where you're comfortable at, you know, that's obviously not that, that is something that not everybody had to deal with. You know, that is something that was unique to new Orleans. And so I just think, yeah, with, all the, the the bounty gate stuff that obviously was was a little bit of time ago, but you know it it still lingers there in the in the back of your mind. And then just you know kind of how the season you know went this year, I think it was just one of those things that it just it took its toll on him. And yeah. and I, I don't know it, it. I think he's making a return back to the NFL. Yeah, from, from I, I don't think this is goodbye. I, I think this is a see you later, but not goodbye for good. Yeah, they're already talking about him as an analyst. Yeah. Um, you know, on one of the networks already, but yeah, I agree with you guys. I think you'll see Sean Payton back in a, in a head coaching job. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, he's done a phenomenal job there in, in new Orleans. I mean, a, a drastic turnaround with a franchise that, you know, prior to him coming had, you know, not had much success or just, you know, a few years of, of decent years, but you know, not the continued success that Sean Payton has had over the last, you know, 15 seasons, 16 seasons that he's, He's been there with the with the well, Saints. And in my mind, this year may have been one of his best coaching jobs ever. Right. I mean, he didn't no have a quarterback. No and he had that team in the running all right. season long to make mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yeah, right. as much as I say as it took a toll on him, yeah. he did a, a heck of a job, you know, yeah. handling all of that and still putting out a, a team that, you know, was competitive until the last week of the yeah. year. So, All right, very good. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back here in just a little bit. And uh, thanks for listening. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for listening. Stay in tune. Got through the commercial. We're going to move on to to the diamond here, a quick diamond news. Uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, Big Poppy's in the Hall of Fame. First year he was eligible. Got 78% of the votes. My understanding, you need 75% of the vote to get in. So uh, his first year eligible, he got 78. So, you know, big poppy's in. Um, it, 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 to me, you know, the DH has been a position to me. It's been such a factor in baseball in recent years that I think this is, I think this is a good move for, mm-hmm. for baseball that, that big poppy gets in. My only question is, is, you know, he did have, some question marks around Some question the, the marks PED, with the know. PEDs. Um, so, but he gets in, but like Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling were all eliminated this year. This was their last Sammy year. Sammy Sosa as well. That, yeah, and Sosa, Sosa as well. This was the last year that they were all eligible. And again, all four of those names were linked. So I, I think they still can get in as part of like a yeah, there's yeah, it, it's just not it, like this. That. So you know, as as I kind of read it, understood yeah. it is this is like all of the MLB writers vote right. on right, this right, one, right. so they they could still get the opportunity because there's like another panel that's made up of players, um, media, um, who else is in that executives that that vote on it as well. So they kind of go into like a a different pool, if right. you will. So, so, so I mean, my, my hope is though this is going to open the door for the rest of them because now it's kind of 
show well we, we've got one guy who's got question marks so why can't we have more mm-hmm. well yeah. that, that's really my hope here is that it will open the door for these other guys because right now the, the mlb hall of fame is starting to become the hall of very good not the hall of greatness right, right. there's some guys that have been the best of all time that aren't aren't, aren't, aren't recognized mm-hmm. right. so mm-hmm. I, I guess my question with that was this more of a personality contest mm-hmm. you and, know uh, yeah uh Fonz, Clemens, Schilling, so not so much Sammy, I guess, but uh, those other three had at times could you know be abrasive, maybe be abrasive, very outspoken, outspoken, abrasive personality at times. But you know, Big Poppy, it was it was that smile, it was the, that the gentle giant, gentle giant thing. So was this more a you know personality contest? And, and I, I think not it, that I don't, I I still think it was a good. I think Poppy belongs in there, right, right. right. Um, absolutely. You know, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think this is, you know, going to be an interesting trend for, for baseball because I was, I was kind of looking at, at the numbers here and, you know, they Ortiz, you know, was the only guy to get inducted by the writers, you know, association in, in this one. So one player had, had, you know, got voted where, you know, the previous, uh, from 2014 to 2020, we had over 20 players, 22, I believe. Yeah. 22 players that got elected in a six year span. And now, you know, 2021 or you know 20 going forward we got one one guy so it's like it will, you know the writers or you know whoever gonna have to make a shift here you know decide what you know what what the criteria is or right. we're gonna see maybe continued one guy every year or you know two guys every year and, and so is that really good for the sport of baseball i i don't know I, i'm just you know seeing a, a trend that you know, you don't have, haven't seen in, in some of the other hall of fames, you know, like NFL or the NBA where there's mm-hmm. numerous guys and coaches and whatnot that are getting inducted every, every year or so just a very puzzling time for, for baseball. Well, I think. well it'll be interesting to see how that, you know, that other um, avenue for guys to get in with it being players. It'll, it, I think it's probably going to depend on like what era of baseball those players came from. Mm-hmm. Cause they said like, a lot of the players are, you know, not as forgiving, you know, if, if they considered their careers clean, mm-hmm. their whole career, they're not as forgiving to a guy that, you know, that maybe tested the waters. Yeah. Or... That, that may have, you know, had a PED issue or tested positive for a, you know, PED. They're not as forgiving because, Hey, I played my whole career clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and you didn't, so, you know, they, they kind of, hold that in the back of their the, mind. The crazy thing about a lot of these guys that are under PED suspension and all that, it's Barry Bonds was a hall of famer before he ever took PEDs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he's a, he was a great player. I mean, even when he was a skinny guy playing for Pittsburgh, he right. was stealing bases, hitting home runs, just a, a different style of play than yeah, what, you know, what, mean, what we were used to seeing of, or did he just not get caught till later on? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I mean, you, you look at pictures of, you I, see the, the, you see the transformation. Yeah, I, I think you can kind of tell yeah. when it started. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, I, there, there's I, some, I think he showed the ability prior to PED. Oh, right. no doubt. Right. No doubt. The guy's a great player. I don't think. I'm not trying to take anything no, away no. from him. Um, I think just another kind of interesting thing, you know, somebody that's also linked to, you know, the PED era that was on the ballot for the first time. And that was Alex, Alex Rodriguez. And, you know, on the ballot for the first time and got, you know, 34% of the, of the votes. So, you know, not a good trend for, for him, you know, to only get, you know, a third of the votes. And then, like you said, he got to have 75% to, to, you know, get elected. So, do we see, you know, maybe in a, you know, year two or year three, you, you got to kind of keep track of the numbers and right. see 
is he trending upward? Is he, you know, kind of staying the same or, you know, and that'll kind of give you maybe a little bit of an indication of where the writers are on this this thing. I'll be interested to see next year though, or these guys who fell off this year Mm -hmm. that were a part of the PED scandal. If, what kind of love they get from from the other voters right sure. right yeah i agree it's matt a, yeah. Show yeah yeah absolutely all right well let's move on to some ice hockey the nhl um we'll start off with uh teams from the east the atlantic is really tight with two teams from florida right now you know tampa bay lightning who have you know been the dominant team for back-to-back Stanley back-to-back Cup champs you know and they're you know second right now behind the florida panthers in the east tell me what you got who's coming out of here um you know i i i think of you know by you know going through the list or you know kind of talking about you know some of the teams for me i i know it's it's maybe not the most surprising team but you know talking about the tampa bay lightning i'm saying they're the most surprising team in maybe a different way than, than maybe some of the others interpreted it but i'm saying most surprising the fact that you know, we talk about them, you know, back-to-back Stanley Cup chance, how tough that is to do. And now here they are again, yeah. not only best in, you know, one of the best in their division, but best in hockey again. To I be mean, able to sustain to that level that, of you know, play. It, it, I in, agree. In hockey where, you know, it's it's a physical game that, you know, yeah. takes a toll on your body and just, you know, mentally and things like that. And I just, I think it's crazy that they have been able to keep the success that they have yeah, now for yeah. three for three straight seasons. Uh, and just, you know, the, Very good. the success yeah. that they have. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I broke it down kind of like Colton did. I kind of did a surprise and a disappointment and whatnot. Uh, my biggest surprise, though, this year, I've got Colorado. They're currently uh, second most points in the NHL at 61 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're second in the NHL in goals and second in the NHL in assists. Mm-hmm. This was a team that last year was kind of a middle-of-the-road team, and yeah. now they're looking like one of the best in hockey. Yeah, now. and it looks like they're, you know, separating themselves a little bit in that central mm-hmm. division, too, yeah. a little bit Absolutely. From, from the from the second second place team out there so yeah, yeah I, I think they had a you know last year looking at it they had kind of a disappointing exit from the playoffs they yeah, had early. you know had had aspirations to you know get to the finals or make it to the stanley cup and you know got got beat early on and just you know kind of a, a a bad fashion or whatever so i think that they have a little bit of kind of revenge on the on the back of their minds to you know really really mm-hmm. take it home but yeah they're, they're a hot team right now and, yeah, and you I know agree. out in the west so yeah and then you got uh well another team that you know kind of colton you know, talked about with Tampa Bay, another team that's really been able to sustain a high level of play over the last, you know, two or three seasons has been the Las Vegas Golden Knights, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, currently leading the Pacific right now, um, playing good, playing good hockey. There's, you know, again, to be able to sustain that level of play over the, you know, this period of time. Yeah. And I think it'd be even, it's more impressive with them because of just the short amount of time that they've been in the league. So it's like, they, they've pretty much been successful ever since they've, you know, been in, been in the league or, you know, gotten started. So never dropped off. Yeah. Never really missed a beat. You thought, okay, they lose their goalie and and Mark Andre Fleury. And you think, okay, what, what, you know, what can they possibly do? Or, you know, obviously we know his career and, you know, he's probably a a hall of famer at at that. And no uh, doubt. You know, you lose him and you think, man, are they going to be the same team? What's that going to do to the kind of the team makeup or team chemistry? And, you know, they haven't missed a beat. I mean, they they obviously had a backup goalie that was, you know, just as capable. And they're they're doing big things out there in Las Vegas. All right. All right. Uh, so you guys got anything else? I mean, that's about all I had in my notes. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that's a team that, that Golden Knights team looks like they're kind of separating themselves out mm-hmm. there, too, a little bit where right. 
the the close one right the close race right now is that metro in the east the, mm-hmm. you got the rangers the penguins and the hurricanes all all kind of know, bunched within, together yeah within a, a few points of each other right right, here, right. right. and you always got the, the capitals who are always a decent team yeah. in that division as well that you know have kind of taken a step that seems back to be here. the most competitive yeah right step now. step back but you know they're always capable you know and, and for me you know that's that's my mvp vote right now i got i got alex ovechkin as my you know when we did this segment you know several weeks ago that's mm-hmm. who i picked that's who i'm kind of sticking with um he's you know the capitals have a, have a pretty you know decent record so far through through the kind of midway point um he's leading the league or you know tied for the league and, and goals scored yeah. um he's, he's he's got you know several assists um and um tied for first you know as far as overall points go for for an individual player and um, you know, I've always give a, give a, you know, kind of a shout out to the, to the old band, to the older guys. And he's doing it, you know, oh, yeah. as an older guy in the league and, and just the sustained success. I don't know how well that's going to hold up for the capitals that you want to, you know, kind of put your whole franchise on a guy that, yeah, he's been that franchise player for you guys for a long time, but now, I mean, he's, he's older. He's, yeah, you know, is that really, he needs some help yeah, out there. Yeah, fellas. Is, is that really who you want to, you know, kind of put your whole team around? Right. I mean, I don't know, but, uh, We'll see how that how the rest of the season plays out. Man. Yeah, for, for MVP for me, I got to go with uh, Jonathan Cuberdo uh, from Florida. He's currently third in the NHL in points, scored at fifty eight. He's got sixteen goals, forty two assists, mm-hmm. and of course, his team currently has the best record in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, so his play is really leading that. Hard team not to, hard not to look at him. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And then uh, I, I know I broke down a disappointment team yeah, as yeah. well. I, you know, a big disappointment for me this year, I got to go with Edmonton. They currently have two of the top four point scorers in the NHL in mm-hmm. uh, Leon Drasadi and uh, Connor McDavid. Yeah. But their team's underperformed. They're mm-hmm. actually not even in the playoff race oh, right wow. now. So yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's very disappointing for Edmonton to not be not be in the hunt and have, having those good players. You're, you're wasting quality Yeah, we talk years about McDavid really a lot on this program. Yeah. He's always in the hunt for the MVP with the numbers that he puts yeah, up. Yeah, just so. one of the best player, young players to come in the league here and, and really, you know, stepping up. But, uh, yeah, my, my most disappointing team, and it was, you know, the same disappointing team I had the last time we did this, and that that's the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, they, they were in the Stanley Cup last year, you know, obviously bowed out, you know, against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, but they are officially dead last, the, the worst team in their division, but the worst team in the NHL. Oh, wow. uh, I mean, they, they have really, really fallen off. They've, they've won a total of eight games. Uh, they've lost. 25 and then they have seven overtime losses so mm. it just a, a, not the same team that we that we saw last year and you know just you know it, it put that thought in the back of your mind of was last year kind of a, a flash in the pan or you know just some 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 things went their way and that that's just you know how it how it goes and now they got hot when they needed to get hot right you know, absolutely and and that this year it just you know hasn't hasn't transitioned to the to the same year like i said they're they're pretty much last in every statistical category especially when it comes to kind of the defense they're i think giving up most goals in the league you know most goals per game so just yeah, yeah. not the same team that we saw you know from last year and you know just kind of a a, a big disappointment for for me <clears throat> all right well, let's go to the hardwood, NCAA basketball, our five games of the week. We'll start out with uh, number 16, Ohio State Buckeyes, coming in at 12-4 and four against the Gold Gophers at 11-5. and five. This this Minnesota team, uh, they started the season 11-1. Um, and one. Mm-hmm. Now they've dropped four in a row, and they got a tough stretch ahead of them yeah. right now. they yep. got to obviously play Ohio State. That's a game that's Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Then they got to go play Wisconsin. And then they got to play Purdue. So Oof, yeah, real yeah. tough stretch. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be a, you know, find out who you really are yeah, kind of deal right here. So, so. T- 
Tell me who who do you like? I mean, uh, give me some keys and who you like in this game, Matt. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm going with the Buckeyes. They're averaging six more points a game than Minnesota, and uh, they lead in almost every other statistical category as well. They're close, but the Buckeyes do have better stats all the way around. Uh, I think the Buckeyes win this in a close one, but they are going to have to shake off a little bit of rust. They didn't get to play there the other night uh, at uh, Nebraska because yeah, Nebraska yeah. had some COVID issues. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they, they will be shaking off a little rust, but. Maybe the I think the rest will do them some good. I think they'll win a close one. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to be an interesting matchup because uh, you know the they they come in you know Minnesota comes into this game. Yeah, they they come on you know one and four in their last five, but they're a team. They only they only turn the ball over eight times per game. And that that's good for pretty much you know last in that's the, how they, you win games. You know they they limit their turnovers. They they you know take care of the ball and that gives them you know the opportunity to have possessions to you know, score, score points and, you know, uh, you know, have a chance to win. They don't, they don't do a great job at shooting the ball. They, they, a lot of their points are from kind of the two point range. So they like to get inside and and really score. Um, So, but I I like the Buckeyes in in this one. And that's because of, you know, the play of EJ Liddell, they're, they're kind of star forward for them. Mm -hmm. Who's averaging almost 20 points a game and um, almost eight rebounds a game. So I think he's shooting 51% from the floor. Yeah. So. I think they, the yeah, Buckeyes kind of go legitimate wooden award numbers. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah I, I think definitely. the Buckeyes kind of go as he goes, you know, if, if he can have a big game for him, and I, I think he can against Minnesota. I think the Buckeyes get a win here. <clears throat> okay. I got to agree. Uh, maybe for a couple different reasons. I think Ohio state does a better job of protecting the rim, um, you know, more blocks and, you know, limiting teams to offensive rebounds. Um, and then, you know, Ohio State's three and two against ranked teams. Minnesota's zero and two. So yeah, I give the Buckeyes the edge in this Big Ten matchup. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next one, another another big game in the Big Ten. Um, you got number six Purdue coming in at sixteen and three against Iowa at fourteen and five. This game's also on Thursday night, nine o'clock on Fox Sports One. Um, yeah, Colton, start us out here. Tell me, tell me what you think. Give me your rundown. Yeah, so this is actually the the second time that these teams are are meeting each other. They they played a little bit earlier in the season, and and Purdue came out on that one, uh, seventy seven to seventy in in that game. And you know, just a couple of stats that I that I have from that. Iowa had almost thirty fouls in that game. Purdue oh. shot thirty seven free throws. They went yeah. they went twenty seven to thirty seven from from the free throw line. So I mean, that's a significant amount of points right Ooh. there that you're giving up. You know pretty much freebies at, at the, at the line, you know, for, for Purdue. And, you know, on top of that, Iowa shot like 20% from the three point line. So, you know, definitely going to have to be some adjustments from, from the Iowa Hawkeyes to, to have a chance in, in this one, just coming in against a, you know, a red hot Purdue Purdue team. That's uh four and one in their last five. But I just think, I think Purdue gets, gets this one done. They, they got up, you know, a star guard and, and Jaden Ivy, who's uh, shooting, uh, scoring almost uh, 17 points a game, but shooting 42% from the three point line. So, you know, just a, a big factor, you know, shooting the ball for, for Purdue, um, you know, and, and, you know, they limit Purdue limits their opponents to only seven offensive rebounds per game. So, you know, if, if Iowa doesn't make shots, they're not getting second chance opportunities. They got a, a couple of big men down there that, that, you know, clog up that paint. I, I think Iowa just, little too much size, a little too much firepower from Purdue. I, I think the Boilermakers get it done. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go the opposite way here. I'm calling an upset. All right. uh, you know, Purdue and Iowa are both scoring over 80 points a game. And, uh, you know, I think I think they both can score with each other. I think this will be a close game. Kind of like, I mean, last time was a seven-point game. That's, mm-hmm. not, you know, not a bad game. Yeah. But I think being a close game, Iowa does actually shoot free throws a little bit better. They're 4% better from the free throw line. They average three less turnovers per game. I think those extra – 
those extra couple points that you get from the from the turnovers and from the free throw line will be just enough for Iowa to get it done in the close one. All right. All right. Um, Purdue's had their three losses were all against Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. And a total of those three, lo- a total loss was 10 points mm-hmm. in Combined, those games. Yeah. So this is a team that could very easily be undefeated right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think that ed- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give Purdue the edge in this game. Mm-hmm. I think senior leadership, Trevion Williams, you know, big forward, 6'10", 255 coming in, and Sasha Stefanovich, um, another senior coming in. I think I like the senior leadership on this team, you know, on the other side of the ball, you got Keegan Murray, 23 points, eight rebounds a game, shooting an incredible 57% mm-hmm. from the floor. Yeah, so, as a as a forward, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. So, but I gotta I gotta believe that 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 senior leadership from Purdue is going to give give the Boilermakers the edge here. Mm-hmm. All right, absolutely. And and this game is at Iowa. You know, the previous game was at at Purdue, and this mm-hmm. one's going to be you know at at Iowa. So that's you know something to, to consider when you're you know looking at this game. So all right. All right, next game on the slate. This game, 4.30 on Saturday on Fox Sports 1. Number 22, Marquette at 14-6. and six, Coming in against number 17, Providence at 16-2. and two. Yeah, and, and leading the Big East, I believe, Providence is. They're 6-1 they're in the in the Big East, so they're sitting there at, at, at the top or, you know, tied for the top of, of the, you know, the Big East, which is, you know, I don't know how many people, you know, thought that coming into the season. Um, right. But, you know, they, they come into this. This is also the second meeting between these two teams. Uh, Marquette won, whomped, whomped the you know uh providence the last time they beat him by 32 points i mean what, what more can you say in that one um, other than marquette shot 52 and a half percent from the field you know that's that's everything that's two pointers and three pointers combined um and so you know and providence only shot about 30 percent from the field so a big difference or significance you know from you know shooting wise so something to kind of consider going into this game but you know, both these teams are pretty red hot coming into it. Marquette's five and zero in their last five games. Providence is four and one in their last five games. So, two teams that are you know going up against each other, and you know the numbers are are, are pretty similar to each other. But for me, I just think you know Marquette. You know they beat they beat Providence once. They they know you know what it's going to take to beat them again. I I think they you know they're they're a hot shooting team. They they kind of live and live and die by that three ball, and and I think Marquette will keep that hot shooting going. Um, you know, they, they obviously got uh, Shaka Smart as their coach first year there in, in Marquette, and he's doing a pretty decent job so far, you know, at, at Marquette. I, I think Marquette, the Golden Eagles, get it get it done. Well, like you said, on paper, these two teams are very similar. But, you know, I'm going with Providence in this one. They have more scorers on their team. So in a close game, you can rely on more than just one guy. Mm-hmm. They've got five guys on their team averaging nine points or more. All right. Compared to Marquette, who's only got two guys averaging over nine points a game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think having those extra options to, to look to to score, I think it's going to be enough for Providence to get it done. Yeah. I got to agree with Matt. I'm going to give Providence the edge in this game. Um, the, the two losses that they do have, they only average 50 points. So. Mm-hmm. You know they they got to get the they got to get the ball in the hoop obviously to win that goes without saying but I think I think I think they get that done they're playing at home um, and I just I, you know Marquette three of their losses are against twenty five top twenty five teams so I just think Providence maybe is a little more proven team even though they did lose to lose to Marquette big I think you know they're looking for revenge I don't think they're going to let that happen again mm-hmm. um, you know it, it, I actually. Providence is playing right now against another ranked team. They're playing number 21 Xavier right now. They're up by seven points right now, about halfway through the second half. So um, I'm going to give the edge to Providence in this game over Marquette. All right. 
Next game on the slate is number 12, Kentucky at 16 and 4, going to Kansas at number 5 at 17 and 2. This game uh, Saturday on ESPN. And you talk about identical stats mm -hmm. when you look at these two teams. I mean, very, very similar statistically. Yeah, I'll say Colton this week picked a lot of games where these, these two teams on paper look like it should be a heck of a matchup. Right, absolutely. Uh, so I mean, hats off to myself for that. <laughs> the problem with Kentucky, they're one and three against ranked teams. Mm -hmm. um, so they, uh, I don't know, they just seem like they, they aren't, they're not getting consistent play against good teams. They're beating the teams that they should beat. Um, you know, they score 107 points in a game earlier against a ranked Tennessee team, but I don't know. They, to me, they've just been a little inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Kansas coming in at 17-2. or 17-2. and two. Um, You know, they, they beat Texas Tech. Double overtime game on Monday. Mm -hmm. They got a tough stretch. We're going to find out who Kansas is coming up here, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. They had that game against Texas Tech, who's a ranked team. They got Kentucky this weekend. Then they play number 23, Iowa State. Mm -hmm. Then number four, Baylor, all yeah. in a row. Wow. Yeah. So it's... you're going to find out, Bill, you know, Bill Self's going to find out how good his team is, I think, over the next week. week right, right. Yeah. But no. I'm, I'm going to give Kansas the edge in this. I think they're the more proven team against, you know, against a good opponent. So, and playing, you know, playing in Kansas, I, I got to give, I got to give the Kansas Jayhawks the edge here. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the key for me is, who does a better job of, of boxing out on, on defense? Uh, Kentucky comes into this game um, limiting their opponents to only seven offensive rebounds per game. But if you look at it on the flip side, uh, Kansas averages over 13 offensive rebounds per game. So, you know, and, and I know that Kentucky's, you know, more than capable of, of getting a lot of offensive rebounds themselves with, with Oscar Shibway, um there, you know, kind of clogging up the paint. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, likes to get a lot of second chance points, a lot of easy looks. So yeah, for me, the key in this one is going to be who does a better job of, of boxing, you know, the other opponent out. And I think Kansas has, you know, a little bit more, you know, firepower, you know, they got a, a few more bigger bodies to throw in there. Um, you know, really Kentucky only, only really has Oscar Sheebway to kind of, kind of throw in there to, to, you know, really clog up the paint or, you know, get those big boards. I think Kansas has a couple of more big bodies. They're playing at home. It, it's tough to, to beat a team when you're playing at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, I like Kansas, um, you know, to, to get it done in a, in a close, close battle. Well, I'm going to say not so fast, my friends, on this <laughs> oh, one as well. All right, all right. When, when two teams like this are this close on paper, I got to find that extra bit of motivation that gets the team over the hump here. Right. And for me, it's Kentucky having that loss last week to Auburn. They had that game in hand until they had a couple of injuries that kind of, kind of, Turned, changed turned the, the game, changed yeah. the momentum, turned the game the other way. Yeah. I think Kentucky could have beat Auburn last week, and I, I think they, they, they need it now. They, right, right. If they want to stay in this race and try to stay a top-10 team, right. they've, they've got to win here. I think they, they have that extra bit of motivation here. That's going to be just enough to get them over the hump here and take a, take a W. All right. All right. We'll, we'll give you that one. <laughs> All right, the last one, um, again, a game on Saturday. This one's also at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. You got Mississippi State coming in at thirteen and six um, against Texas Tech, number thirteen Texas Tech coming in at fifteen and five. Uh, you know, you look at the record. You know, you think, oh, this this is uh, Texas Tech's game. Um, but that, to me, watching Texas Tech play this year, they struggle to score against a team that plays well. You know, that plays good defense. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I feel like they're a team that you know is is winning games against opponents that maybe don't measure up, but against a team that plays solid defense, um, 
and, and Mississippi State does. Uh, they're averaging like eight steals a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, this is not going to be a walk away, I don't think, for Texas Tech. They, they, I mean, they played some big games. This is a team that's played some big time opponents right. and already have, have this been, year. Been competitive, been right yeah, there. They, in beat, the, in the they hunt. beat Tennessee in overtime, lost to Gonzaga, lost uh, Iowa State beat Kansas, beat Baylor in back-to-back games, mm-hmm. and then lost to Kansas in yeah. double overtime. So mm-hmm. Texas Tech has been in some big games, and that's why i got to give them the edge. Uh, they know how to play. Uh, they've had the pressure. They've played against these good teams, and they get Mississippi State at home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. i got got to agree with you on that, on that one. I think Texas Tech is just a very solid, fundamental kind of defensive team. Um, Chris Beard, um, you know, leaving that team, you know, leaving kind of that – legacy of just being a solid, you know, defensive team. Obviously he's with, with Texas now, but you know, the, the kind of the trend still continues with Texas tech. They, they do just enough on offense to, to get, get wins, but it's really about what they do on defense. And, you know, this year is no, no different. Um, And I just think, you know, Mississippi state does have a couple of bigger bodies there. They do like to get a lot of offensive rebounds, get second chance points and, and get a lot of easy looks. But I think Texas tech just, you know, a very sound fundamental, you know, basketball team when it comes to defense, I think a very low scoring game, you know, Mississippi state, I don't think is, is used to playing in those kind of grinded out kind of games. I think Texas tech gets the win here. Yeah, this is another one where, like I said, I, I like to look at the stats and these guys are dead even on paper. So, I, I mean, to me, I'm, just, I'm giving the edge to the home team here. I'm going okay. to Texas Tech. All right. All right. Very good. Well, that's our show for tonight. We appreciate you listening. Uh, you know, our viewership's coming up. Man, we like to see those numbers coming up. But uh, what we'd really like to see is, you know, you guys hit us up with your sports questions. Uh, mm-hmm. We know what, what we like. We know what's important to us. But, you know, we're doing this show well, we enjoy it, obviously, but we're doing this show for you guys, too. So hit us up with your, you know, burning sports questions or, you know, something you want us to address on the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, you know, like like that said, we'll be coming to you live again next next Wednesday for, for our show. So, um, as always, we you know appreciate you guys for listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cow. Chief Rob Cow, Matt Cordes. Um, you know, we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, Dad mentioned it. You know, we, we want to hear from from the fans. We want to hear from from you guys about, you know, any kind of burning sports question or, you know, a topic out there that we, you know, haven't hit. Uh, you know, it's not always, you know, we, a lot of the times we, we have a lot of topics to talk about. And, you know, we, we can't hit everything. It's just there's a lot going on in sports. So we try to big, pick some of the big stuff that, that's going on. But. You know, that may mean we again we have real jobs too. So. <laughs> we, we may miss, you know, may miss something. So, you know, hit us up on our on our social medias. I know we got an Instagram. Um, our handle is fired up underscore podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook too. Our our page is fired up comma sports podcast. So, you know, hit us up there and you know, reach out to us. Um, and you know, at, and at the same time, you can head over to our website, which is fireduponepodbean.com, where you can find a lot of our, you know, all of our past episodes and just a little information about about the show. So appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.